Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a weekly podcast for writers. Grab a cup of coffee, perhaps some paper and pen, and enjoy an interview with an author, a chat with a writing tool creator, perhaps a conversation with an editor or other publishing expert, as well as Kat's thoughts on writing and her own creative journey. You'll laugh, you'll cry, well, hopefully not actually cry, but you will probably learn something. And I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Hello, creative writers, and welcome to the 149th episode of Pencils and Lipstick. It is September 21st, a rainy, rainy day here in Virginia. And if you might have noticed, we skipped a week in our podcast. Yes, we did, and I will go into why we did. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about a couple different things. We have some exciting guests coming up. We had to rearrange a few interviews. And so today you have me with you, which is good because I want to talk again about a few things that have come up on my plate. I want to talk about mistakes and I want to talk about creativity and rest and what kind of author you are. Um, so last week we didn't have an episode. And not because I didn't record an episode, mostly because somehow I managed to not turn on the mic or not switch the mic over or who knows. I have no idea. I usually test the mic. I I don't know. Somehow I spent an hour recording an episode and it didn't record any sound. So we are redoing that one. I know it's just such an amateur thing to do, and yet (laughs) we are turning three. So you'd think I would know how to do these things. Which, you know, like on Friday when my editor, Christy, love you, Christy, um, noticed that there was no sound (laughs) to the podcast, there was a slight panic within me. So, you know, we are small business owners, right? We, We write books what we do as authors or possibly short stories. It's usually you yourself and yourself. Um, You might have a VA. You might work with an editor every once in a while. If you're working a podcast, you might have an editor as I have. Um, You know, you might have sort of these these sort of people who help you, um, but most of the work is all on you, right? And so that can then lead to some mistakes, some little mistakes happening. Um, Spelling errors are a pretty typical mistake that happens when we're doing everything. As much as we run it through ProWritingAid or um, whatever it is that we use for our AI, you know, WordPress or whatever, spelling mistakes can still happen. It's funny, my husband just sent me an email the other day with a screenshot of, of like this blog post graphic that I had. And I had no idea why he sent it to me, looked at it, thought, okay, you know, is he trying to tell me that he's like on my new website, which by the way, it's brand new and all redone and super pretty. So go see it at catcaldwell.com. Is he doing that? Like, what is he, what is he sending this to me for? And it wasn't until later when he sent me um, 
an explanation which said, you have a typo right there on the graphic. It still took me another like 30 seconds to find the typo, <laughs> even though he said the word that the typo was in. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's funny. We can look at these things and truly not see them. So spelling typos is a thing. And you know, when it goes out to a thousand, two thousand, three thousand people on your list, and you start getting emails back from some very kind people and some kind of snarky people about the mistakes, it can really, can be a real hit on your ego. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting that readers expect writers to be spelling and grammar masters. Um, I used to think that as well, and I no longer think that. I think that we are storyteller masters, <laughs> storytelling, ma- storytelling masters. That's how we go. Um, and grammar and spelling sort of take a side seat, especially with sort of you know, where you grow up, what language you grow up with um, at first, and the education that you have. I don't know about you, but I think my last grammar, you know, teaching was like freshman year of high school, which I'm sure my teacher did as good a job as she could, but it's just not going to stick for that long. (laughs) So we don't always have all the grammar that we should have. you know, we have a lot on our plate. So I have quite a few different mistakes. Yeah, you know, I forget to turn on the sound and it's Friday and the podcast goes out Monday and I really vacillated between running up the stairs and redoing it all very quickly and, you know, sort of keeping my editor on hold. She has a life too. And just realizing, you know, I could just choose to not have an episode go out and recognize the mistake. Um, and that's what I did. And funny enough, what I had recorded for the intro last week was talking about, um, owning up to your mistakes, like realizing that when a mistake happens as an indie author, all of it goes on your shoulders, you know? So as a traditional author, if there's a typo, the the readers don't usually blame you for it. They blame the publisher for it. So that blame doesn't really get put on you, which is a really interesting just thought. You know, the the I think the reader is almost open to believing that the author had it correct and the editor got it wrong, possibly. But we seem to just not have this delight in pointing it out to traditional published authors. You know, it's just not their fault. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. Who knows what their manuscript look like in order for that publisher to get it up to par? We don't know. Uh, I never thought of it until this sort of, till I fell into indie publishing. Now, indie publishing, you, you carry all the responsibility. There's a typo. Oh, will the readers let you know about it? They delight in letting you know about it and they blame you for it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if you sent it out to a proofreader. Um, they'll blame you for it, which is, it's just an interesting way that we see things, right? I think that it does um, show that society, while we accept indie writers, they are still not up to snuff. 
against the traditional publishers, just in the natural um, societal view of, of hierarchies in the publishing world, which is interesting because a lot of traditionally published authors are now going to indie because they can make more money and they can reach their readers. So it's just this weird sort of catch-22 um, <laughs> in this writing world and publishing world. Um, I want to talk to you guys about uh, a little bit about more uh, about making mistakes in the sense of burnout. So, you know, I made, I've made several mistakes along this journey of indie writing, realize that all of the responsibility is on me. And, you know, when you're overwhelmed, when you have a lot of things going on, um, I was thinking the other day that you, you, you edge towards burnout. You edge towards that moment when you almost want to give up. And I guess we use burnout a little bit too lightly these days. Um, burnout used to, in my head, really mean like the person is so done that they are on the verge of a mental collapse. You know, they're really bad. And so they are, um, burned out. And it usually requires, you know, leaving the job in order to recover. That's sort of what it always used to mean to me in my head. And I think now, like many words, we just sort of use it as um, for less than that. Like the, the, we use it as, as the term that even includes, you know, overwhelm to the point of needing a break before you get to the breakdown point. If anyone is a psychiatrist, let me know what that, what, what that's actually called. So when I say burnout, um, I don't actually really, really mean like that burnout where you, the doctor tells you to like go live in the woods for three months, um, which it can still happen as an indie author. Don't get me wrong. But what I want to talk about is, um, recognizing this, recognizing the overwhelm, recognizing you're getting sort of to that place of needing rest and re and needing like a refueling on creativity um, so that you don't get to that like crazy burnout <laughs> spot. Um, because again, we are usually a one, one man, one woman show. We do a lot. We're doing, you know, I could show you my list if I had it here. Huh. I don't know of what I have to do today. You know, I have to record the podcast. Hey, turn on the sound. Mm -hmm. um, record an ad for the podcast. I have to send out my newsletter. I had, um, I have to take my daughter to an appointment. I have to hang up the curtains because they've literally been in my living room for like four days. Um, I have to cook for my kids. I have to finish uh, my P3 for my book coaching certificate, and then I get to send it off and be certified. I would like to read. I have to study with my, uh, with two of my daughters, you know, all these things, huge list, right? And that doesn't even include writing, <laughs> the one thing that I would prefer to do. And what I realized today, I was sort of um, meditating on what to talk about and what has gotten me this week, just sort of to that point of wanting really to sit on the couch and do nothing even though part of me, what I really want to do is sit down and continue with, with, um, Dowser because I have, and I am taking notes when any, ever anything comes up, 
But I've realized that, you know, I was at this point where I needed to take a breather and realize is sort of take the time to reorganize what's a priority. And I think that it's important to recognize that your business and your writing can't always be the priority. Otherwise, um, it's going to really butt heads against your personal life and it's going to lead to a lot of overwhelm. So I'm realizing, you know, there are that I, I've really put a lot of pressure on myself to finish um these four books for next for release next year. And yes, a lot of them are being worked on. I'm I should be quite pleased with the progress, but I seem to have put a pressure on myself that that I don't know how to turn off. And so when kid homework comes up that they need a lot of work with, when um, the tax office calls me and I have to sit on the phone for two hours and get hung up on three times, and I have to do this for two different states, because of course I live on the border of two different states and I need to sell in two different states. You know, when that comes up and eats into your time, when your dog breaks her ALC, ACL, which is really the CCL on a dog, canine, whatever, you know, it's the ligament and you have to take her into the vet. And and so you, you carry this pressure that you need to get home and get your writing done and get your book forward and get this stuff done. Right. And you also understand in your brain that you have all these other personal things to do and it can lead to overwhelm to the point of almost burnout. Right. And, and there's no reason not to step back and recognize this and give yourself some time. So three resources for you to look at, you know, if you're in burnout mode, you should probably just stop. <laughs> like that's what you should do. But if you're before that, like, you know, the seasons are changing, um, school's in session, like homework is coming up. And if your kids are anything like my kids, they're really great kids, but they need help with their homework and I want to be there for them. Um, fall things are, are coming into play. Everything's opening. And so you're realizing how much more things you have to go to if you're a mom. Um, you know, the fall festivals and all this stuff. And it's great. Um, but it definitely eats into your time. So if you are in full burnout, I would, I would suggest you rest and like just sleep. Okay. But if you are where I am, I want to recommend three different things to you, right? Because here's the thing. If you are in this moment of overwhelm and you continue to give into that pressure, that small business run owner pressure that you've put on yourself, this writerly pressure, this indie author pressure of, I better get this stuff out. I have to write my 5,000 words a day. I have to do this. So-and-so is going faster than me. I have to do this, but you know, faster, 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 faster. I have to get all this done. If you continue in that, your creativity is going to probably shrink to almost zero. And you need your creativity to do your marketing, to do your writing, to do your storytelling, to write your newsletters. You need your, your creativity above 100%, right? If it's possible to go there. 
Your overwhelm will probably keep you from sleeping well. Your overwhelm will probably lead you to craving carbs, if you're anything like me. Um, Your overwhelm will probably lead you to maybe not exercise as much. And I, you know, that's not good for us. We cannot sit at our computer all day, every day. So if you find yourself in just a lot, with just a lot going on between your personal life and your business life, first, let me recommend this book. And I've talked about this several times with many people and a couple of times on the podcast. It's by Alex Sujung Kim Peng. And if you uh, want to see it, you can hit the link below and come watch me on the, um, on the Zoom. So it's called Rest on the Zoom. <laughs> it's over on buymeacoffee.com. So if you become a member, whether it's um, you know subscription basis or one-time basis, you can watch the videos over there on the Zoom. On the recorded Zoom. <laughs> um, I'm such a midlifer at this point. It's called Rest, Why You Get More Done When You Work Less. Because here's the thing. If you are just working to work, which I realized I was, I did between um, probably especially February and April, where I, it was the beginning of the year, and I really thought I had a grab on Outside the Ring, as we shall call it. Who knows if it that terrible change. Um, I really thought that I understood the story. And even the days that I was, had a gut feeling that maybe I didn't, I just pushed through and kept going and kept going and kept going. And most of those words I've had to throw away. So I kept working, I kept working, I kept working instead of taking a step back. Yes. And if I had worked less, I probably would have gotten more done and quicker, right? So this book, Rest, why you get more done when you work less. It was published a couple of years ago, so you could probably find it on even half price. I'm sure it's on your ebooks. It really goes into the people that we admire the most, or some of the people we admire the most in history as, as you know, the top creatives that have contributed to society. So I'm just trying to find the people that he I guess I'm not going to be able to find the people. So he goes through scientists and writers and artists. And he talks about sleep. He talks about stopping. He talks about napping. He talks about movement, like taking walks. How many of the people we admire took walks just to keep up their creativity? So, you know, um, here's here's one of my favorite stories from this. Composer Lin-Manuel Miranda, who we all know as the amazing guy who wrote the lyrics in Hamilton. He did those during walks, like walking through the city um, and writing those in his head. If you've ever gotten to the point where you just can't go on in your book, what you really need to do is take a walk, most likely, unless you're falling asleep and then you should probably take a nap. So (laughs) I think that we need to move more, especially in America, and we need to take walks in silence. And it's amazing to me every single time that I do it or every single time that I refuse to take my headphones and that takes a lot of self-discipline, I am able to think of other things. I am able to think of something new for the book, for the story, and I'm, I just feel more refreshed. So I encourage you to do that. And I encourage you to get this book, um, Rest by Alex Young Kim Peng, P-A-N-G. So that talks a lot about how we how we sort of slow down and take a break. 
I think it's about working smarter. I think that's a book too, but I haven't read it. So working smarter, not harder. Somebody said that. Anyway, the other thing I want us to realize as writers, and even though there is so much to do as an indie writer, there's so much to market. There are so many books to write and so many books to sell. And if you're like me, you're at that place um, where sometimes I sometimes I think and regret having not um, spent the baby years, the years when my kids were babies, learning about selling books <laughs> so that I would know what I'm doing now, or I wouldn't have had to spend that time now. Oh, we could always go back and do the things that we wished we would have done. Um, because there are a lot of books that I want to write there. Again, you know, five stories that I have in my brain, um, three that I'm actively working on, and one that I just sort of jot down notes and leave for later. That's a lot, right? And I could shut myself in my room and just write, but I don't think that that would be beneficial, especially um especially before I have a lot of the storyline worked out and especially just for, because life ends up happening and I don't get to lock myself into my room. Um, you know, so I, I could ignore all the other things. Um, but I think that it gets to the point where then when life really hits the fan, I get overwhelmed and that's what I'm working with now. So my other book that, and of course it's backwards on zoom on the zoom, um, is Twyla Tharp's book, The Creative Habit, Learn It and Use It for Life. Now, Twyla Tharp is a choreographer. She is a very famous choreographer in the dance world. Um, when I was dancing in Chicago or studying dance in Chicago, um, she was just like the bee's knees. Um, and the interesting thing about this book is it goes through her, her method. Um, she's a very disciplined creative which is interesting. And it's her method of finding creativity because a choreographer, like a writer, has to find a new way to tell a story. Because if she has a fan that comes to see the next dance, it cannot look anything like the last one. Now, it will sort of have her voice, her signature style, just like our books do. It ha it ha they have our voice, right? The way that we write. But our our um, readers certainly don't want us to retell Cinderella 50 times. They're not interested in that. And Twyla Tharp as a choreographer is kind of the same. She has to come up with something new every time. Um, so she has quite a few um, exercises in here that she uses. She also talks a lot about her life, which I find very interesting. And the greatest thing I think about this is that it's not a hard book to read. I'm sort of ho holding it up for the Zoom. Sorry, guys. <laughs> there is there are lots of like white space there's um some pictures in here there uh, you know pictures especially of what she's trying to explain um i have things marked in here i've done some of the exercises i come back to it and just i like to i don't know i like to sort of open it up let it open by itself and look to see what i can do to sort of will my brain into thinking more creatively. I do think that um, the more we force ourselves to be creative, the less creative we are. I think sometimes we have to look at a different way of doing things and look at a different creativity 
Um, and in order to encourage our brain to sort of relax, shut down and re rejuvenate the storytelling part, right? So like doing some sort of art or cooking or scrapbooking, which I say because I have a giant pile over here awaiting me uh, to actually finish it. So the other one that I want to uh, recommend is Steal Like an Artist. I think a lot of you might have this book already. It's a really cute, tiny little um, coffee table book. It's really easy to get through. Um, I'm not even sure it really counts as having read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. Um, There's lots of pictures. It's very fun. It's a very artistic book. Um, But, you know, he's really talking about how you find creativity. And the creatives find creativity not by being locked up in their office and just forcing themselves to type out a story, but they are creative by going outside and experiencing the world, you know, touching things and doing things with their hands, um, their other senses, um, experiencing other arts, listening to music, going to museums, going to see a dance, um, watching maybe an independent film, um, taking up uh, an instrument, possibly learning a new language, traveling, whether it's traveling down the road or traveling across the world. Um, we really are refilling our creativity when we do these things. And I think I'm beginning to see in the indie author world that a lot of times what drives us is to just get out more books. Um, and again, that's part of my desire. Um, I do want to come out with the three books that I'm working on next year. If I could, um, almost have the fourth one done, you know, more or less at the end of 2023, (laughs) yeah, 2023 to come on in 2024, that would be amazing. Those are sort of my like penciled in goals, you know, and those goals still drive me. But what I think I lost sight of um, a little bit this year, and I think a lot of us lost sight of just with COVID and things, and maybe you're like me and it didn't really come back, was experiencing and not not driving myself to sit in the chair so much to write, but to refill my creativity so that when I sit in the chair for an hour and a half or two hours, it's uber productive. Because in the end, you can sit in your chair for six hours and, and knock out 1,500 words and like in an agonizing <laughs> over your story, or you can fill your creativity and you can sit down for two hours and knock out 1,500 words. And that's not hard to do in two hours if your creativity is filled, if you've allowed your brain to sort of organize the story and relax um, and be cut like be filled up as a creative. Remember, we are creative. We are people who want to bring an art form to the world. It is not always about the business, even though we have to be that that person that's split in half, right? So I just really wanted to bring that home. I know that I could mostly be talking to myself here as I look at myself in Zoom. Um, And that's okay. I needed it. So hopefully somebody else out there needed a pep talk. So we talked a little bit about mistakes and spelling mistakes, especially 
So right now I want to bring to you some information um, about a course that can help you find and fix your mistakes. You're done with your manuscript. You're ready to start editing. Before you send it off to a professional editor, let me recommend a product from Stacy Juba to you. The Book Editing Blueprint, a step-by-step plan to making your novels publishable. I have this product. I've gone through the entire course and I can say with all confidence that this is essential for every single writer. A lot of us haven't had a grammar class since high school, which for many of us is more than a decade behind us. Now, the book editing blueprint is literally step-by-step going not only back to grammar, but going to storytelling. And as we talk about a lot on Pencils and Lipstick, storytelling is the essence of what we are doing. So what does this course do? It solves your editing problems. It helps you not be overwhelmed by the editing process. You know that feeling of overwhelm when you think of what that might entail? Will you have to rewrite the entire book? Is the book going to be as bad as you fear it is? What if you send it off to an editor and they ask for $10,000 because it just needs that much work? Well, this is why you get the course to soothe that overwhelm and those fears. You go through this course and you will have a very clean manuscript. And I'm not saying you don't send it off to another editor, especially a line editor or a proofreader, but you will start understanding story development, character development, as well as grammar, so that your editor can look at more things. Let's say the story arc. They'll talk to you kind of like an editor used to do, right? A hundred years ago. So Stacy Juba is a fiction author, a freelance developmental editor, and the founder of Shortcuts for Writer. She's also my friend, and I have her on the show quite often, and I collaborate with her. She is an excellent editor and the first person I go to when I have a question about a manuscript, whether it's mine or someone else's. Now, most writers, she says, need to pay for multiple rounds of developmental editing. Did you know that? And may also need to hire a freelance copy editor and or proofreader, and that can cost you thousands of dollars. But in this course, Stacey makes it your mission to learn how to do a thorough developmental and line edit and create a solid action plan for your manuscript in progress. By the end of her course, you'll have prepared a detailed editorial report outlining your book's strengths, weaknesses, and strategies to fix the problems. And you'll be armed with a simple self-editing checklist to guide you through your revisions. If you guys are looking for something to help you advance your craft, I highly recommend you check out Stacey Juba's book editing blueprint, a step-by-step plan to making your novels publishable. Links are in the show notes. So the thing that I want to tell you guys about before we go I know this is a little bit of a shorter episode. We'll be back, like I said, with interviews next week. So if you are just starting out or possibly not starting out, but you haven't really gone 
taken a deep dive into the business side of indie authors, you might not know about BookFunnel. Or you might know about BookFunnel and you, you might know about this feature or it might be new to you. So BookFunnel is, was probably the first software that I found that could help me build my author newsletter. And an author newsletter is that newsletter that you send out this, you, okay, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> you start a list, you tell people, please join my author newsletter list. You send out an email, however frequently you want to, minus every two weeks. Some people say that you should do it more often. Some people say you should do it less often. It's really up to you. Um, a lot of times you incentivize them to come on to the list, you know, by giving them free short stories, a free novella, um, sometimes your whole free book, sort of in seasons. So you have something to sort of entice them over and then they stay on your list. And the idea is that you have a list so that when you come out with a new book, those are sort of your first people who get the news. Um, and the bigger you build your list, the more people who hear your news when you have it, right? <laughs> who might buy your book. So one of the ways that indie authors especially, and this comes from the traditionally, traditional published world, publishing world, um, we have ARCs, so advanced reader copies. Now, our ARCs are usually ebooks or PDFs. Um, in the traditionally, in the traditional publishing world, um, they are usually those books that sort of have the ribbon across it that says not for resale, not for resale, not for resale. You might have seen those, you know, in sort of those mini little libraries around neighborhoods or maybe in a estate sale or something like that. Um, so in the indie world, we usually send them as ebooks because sending a full paperback book is expensive. Um, and so we just send them as ebooks. Now, BookFunnel has become this amazing place where you can not only find promotions in which to put your book in there, you know, maybe it's a sale or something, and there's like 50 other authors and they're all promoting the sale. And the chances are that you might, you know, get a few sales there. Sometimes it is a swap in which you are sort of giving um, either a couple chapters for free or a full book for free in order to, with the hope that people will come over to your list, right, and join your list and like you and stay on your list. So there are all these different strategies that you can do on BookFunnel, um, just single author swaps, full promotions with lots of authors. You can also upload your book for ARCs. And this is a really secure way to send the book. Now, what's really interesting about these arcs in BookFunnel is that they have gotten to the point where they're super secure. In fact, they call it certified mail. So if you are a BookFunnel partner or partner, I guess, member would be a better word for it. Now, this is BookFunnel is paid. You have to pay for the service, um, which is probably why they come out with amazing features. You log into your book funnel and look on the left-hand side and something, you know, there will be, I think like five or six down is something called certified mail. So this guarantees that you can send your advanced reader copies, your ARCs in a secure fashion. So how does this work? Everyone gets a unique link. So book funnel generates a unique private download link for each reader on the list. Their link is just for them and it can't be easily shared with others. Okay. At the end of your campaign, the link expires and is gone. There is no public landing page. So you don't have to create a public landing page for this. Um, downloaded files are watermarked. 
which helps to keep um, pirates, <laughs> you know, these online pirates from pirating your book and uploading it to another um, book selling site or maybe selling it by themselves. Now, it doesn't guarantee that your book will never, ever get out there. There are some people who can hack easily. Um, I don't I don't know why they do this, but it, it has happened. Um, but I think that the more that you can sort of do your best to prevent, you know, pirated copies of your book getting out there, the better. There are stories that have circulated about um, Kindle Unlimited authors. And when you're a Kindle Unlimited author, you are only allowed to be on your ebook on Kindle, on Amazon. It can't be anywhere else. And there are stories of authors getting in trouble because Amazon finds out that their book is available on a different site somewhere and they haven't put it up there. It's been pirated and it's a bit of a mess to get it down and to convince Amazon not to take you down um, off of their platform. So the, another benefit is that the BookFunnel also allows them to download um, down allow you to download data in real time. So I can see when I send an ARC, if anybody's opened it. And if a week goes by without them opening it, I can probably assume that their email filter sort of put it into spam. And then I can email them personally and say, hey, I sent this to you. Um, maybe check your spam. You know, if you're still interested in being an ARC, um, check your spam and, and find the link, right? So. From BookFunnel, you can customize the content of every email that goes out um, to your ARC readers. You can customize the download page. Um, and then BookFunnel allows you to send the campaign when you want. They will send out automatic reminders, which is great because <laughs> it's one less thing for you to have to do. So, you know, you sort of set up the schedule um, and you'll need reminders for them because ARC readers are the people who are like the last readers before you launch the book. And so there is a bit of a time crunch there. So they'll send these automatic emails that you can, you know, fix up on the back end. You can make them very personalized. And BookFunnel will also schedule follow-up emails. So um, this is a really amazing feature that they have that I think almost everyone, like pretty much everyone should take advantage of. I can't think of why you wouldn't take advantage of this. This is also, you don't have to use them only for your ARC readers. You can send it to individual people. It, it's just a more secure way to get your book to their Kindle. And then that person can't share that book with anyone else. Um, so technically if somebody gets a, you know, a PDF of your book for the ARC which I've been part of ARC teams. And honestly, only a few years ago, that's how it was done. You sent a PDF and we read it, uploaded it to our Kindles as a PDF. And that's how we, we read it. Um, gosh, and it really was like right before the pandemic. This seems so long ago. Um, technically I could upload that and put it wherever I wanted. I have a PDF of it, right? Or I could send it to somebody else. I could send it to a hundred people. Um, I won't do that, of course, but that sometimes you don't know your ARC readers personally, or sometimes they don't mean um, to be mean to you. But, you know, I love this book. Here, take this co my copy, and it's really not their copy to send to people. So it's just a more secure way of doing it. I highly recommend you check out BookFunnel. If you're just starting out now, check 
um, check out what they can do for you. And they're definitely worth becoming a member of, especially once your book comes out. And if you have several books out and you don't know about BookFunnel, definitely, definitely, definitely go check them out. Um, the other place is Story Origin. And I actually had Ewan on the show a couple months ago talking about Story Origin. And they do a lot of the same thing as well. And I am a member of both sites because I use them for the same things and different things. And I think that they are both worth it in order to, to build my list. So I just wanted to sort of bring your attention to that. And so that is going to wrap up our podcast for today. Um, hopefully the sound worked (laughs) and hopefully I won't be making any more mistakes. If you have made a mistake in your writing career, it is okay. If you just want somebody to commiserate with you, you can find me on Twitter at Pencils Lipstick, and I will give you a pat on the back and tell you it is okay. I've probably made the mistake. Like, literally, I've made so many mistakes on my author career journey, I guess. Um, so let me know. It is okay. I just want to encourage you to take the hits, you know, take a drink of water, take a walk, and then get back up because gosh, we're all so busy. Everyone forgets eventually. (laughs) So um, if you want to chat with me on Instagram, it's at pencils and lipstick all spelled out or at catcaldwell.author on Instagram. I'm both of the people behind both of those pages and both of the people. I am the person behind both of those pages. Um, And just remember guys, if you love this podcast, please share it with people. Um, Let your writer friends know a couple of the writing podcasts have um, gone under just for different reasons. People have stopped them and I don't blame them. Um, but it, if you like this, if, if you hear of your writer friend wanting something else to listen to and you think that they'll like the show and my rambling, uh, share it with them. Please give me a review on any of the apps, stores, apps that you listen to it on, whatever. Um, and yeah, let me know if you want a topic being talked about. I think this year, we're going to go less into author um, background journeys and more into what they're doing now um, and what they can tell us about their storytelling and how, you know, what advice they would give other writers. So come back next week. We'll have um, a writer from Texas on. Stephen will be talking to us about his writing and his book coaching and what he thinks about that uh, and why he thinks some people might need a coach. I think that's going to be a great conversation. If you want to support the show, you can find the links below at buymeacoffee.com forward slash pencils lipstick. This is a value for value podcast and it is all about if you get value from it, I would love to get value from you, whether it's sharing it, whether it's reviewing it, whether you want to um, become a a one-time subscriber or monthly subscriber, you get access to the videos and see my face and the interviewee's face, and you sometimes get different discounts and things over there. So check it out if you want to be part of the sort of value for value swap. Otherwise, Have a great day, you all, a great week, keep writing, and 
find a way to get some rest and refuel your creativity. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils Olympic podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.